This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 26, a discussion with PADT's Joe Woodward on eigenvalue buckling and ANSYS mechanical, followed by updates from the world of ANSYS and PADT. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 26 of our podcast. Uh, my name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the owners here at PADT, longtime ANSYS user and uh, current uh, podcast host for the All Things ANSYS podcast. So I hope everybody here in the U.S. had a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. Um, I, I had a great one. I love to cook. It's my favorite meal to cook. It's my favorite meal to eat. Um, so we had, a, we had a great time, a quiet little family Thanksgiving, and then some time with friends afterwards. So we hope Everyone out there had a good time. Uh, it was a four-day weekend for all of us here, so we enjoyed that little break as well. Um, it also means there's not a lot to talk about. Um, at least it seems like everybody in the ANSYS world had some time off, so uh, we don't have a lot of news to share or anything like that. So we're just going to do a real quick uh, interview that we'll talk about in a little bit, and uh, we'll, we'll make this one a short one. Um, don't forget, if you're in the U.S., uh, a little bit of a, a push here to buy more stuff. Um, as a company, there's tax advantages to doing a capital spend uh, where you can write that capital spend off of your company's taxes. So if you've got the budget, you've got the cash laying around, now's the time to take a look at maybe adding some more ANSYS seats, maybe a new computer to, to run ANSYS on. Um, and we've been um, getting inquiries from a lot of people looking to buy uh, new 3D printers or upgrading their 3D printers or Stratasys systems um, to, to spend that capital budget uh, before the end of the year. So. Uh, reach out to whoever you buy your, your stuff from, and hopefully that's PADT, and we'd love to help you uh, get some new equipment um, with a little bit of a tax advantage. As to the podcast, we had, I checked this morning, it is November 27th, and we had 7,479 total downloads, which is over 25 episodes and is only 299 per episode, so we've dropped below 300 per episode. So um, yeah, it was it was a slow week. So we'll, we'll call it that. So we'll look and see what the numbers are next time we talk. Hopefully they'll come up. Do get the word out uh, on social media and, and to your friends and your coworkers that the podcast is here. We'd love to have them join us and listen to us. And we're very thankful for our loyal listeners. We've been hovering there at around 300 for a while now. We do appreciate that. And, and do let us know what we can do to get that number up. What can we do to do better at podcast at padtinc.com. So enough with the intro, let's get started with our discussion today. Uh, <clears throat> we're gonna look at some details that Joe Woodward here discovered uh, when he did a support call for a customer on how eigenvalue buckling works and how to use the shape produced by that first mode in eigenvalue buckling in a post-buckling analysis. And then we also kind of meander a little bit off to talk about how you use eigenvalue buckling and how important buckling analysis is with some of the shapes we're coming up with with some of the new simulation techniques we have today. So it's a little wide-ranging discussion. It's short, but uh, we cover a lot of ground there. Uh, do note this is for ANSYS Mechanical, although it all applies to Mechanical APDL to some extent. But uh, it's also a blog article we'll talk about on the other side of the interview. So today we're going to, we're sitting here with Joe Woodward, who heads up our training and uh, does technical support here at PADT. And we're going to be uh, talking about something he wrote an article about in our blog. Uh, the article is called Eigenvalue Buckling and Post-Buckling Analysis in ANSYS Mechanical. 
And it was one of those things where we've all been doing buckling our careers. Sometimes we don't really think about it, right? And then, then a question comes across and it starts making us think a little bit more about it in detail. What is really going on under the hood when we're doing this this eigenvalue buckling? So what was that question that, that you kind of got asked? Right. So good morning, everyone. The, uh, the original question was, as I do an eigenvalue buckling, once it's in that perturbed shape, if you take that perturbed shape, how does that affect a downstream eigenvalue buckling? Does it, how does it affect that load factor? So in, in going through that, um, we basically uh, go through and, and the way you do a post buckling is to set up your static structural with your loads and then you go into a, an eigenvalue buckling. Then from there, you can take the solution branch of that eigenvalue buckling and drag it to the modal cell of a new static structural. Okay. And that'll give you the deflected shape. Okay. okay. Um, the, the key there is that on the solution cell of the eigenvalue buckling, mm -hmm. you look at the properties. And in the properties, there is a uh, displacement factor. Mm -hmm. And a, uh, in a mode, you can choose which mode you're transferring. Okay. And you can control how much what, what distortion you're going to Right. Send how over. much is that that uh, mode shape distorted when it goes into um, a downstream static structural? Mm -hmm. So the question uh, originally became, well, if I do that and now I have a new static structural and I do another eigenvalue buckling, how does that load change? And it turns out it doesn't. Right. Because the eigenvalue buckling is calculating that first mode mm -hmm. and the load that gets it to that shape. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's already in that shape, the load still You're done. comes out the same. Yeah. Right. The, the, it's going to continue to buckle, right? It's right. The nonlinear behavior of the buckling. Yeah. Right. But the original eigenvalue mm -hmm. buckling, that load factor mm -hmm. stays the same. Stays the same. Right. Cool. So there's no need to do another one down the road. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to do the post buckling, Right. You can take your eigenvalue load factor times the loads that you have on it. Okay. So that now you have a total load that caused that buckling. Mm -hmm. You can add that in the second static structural. Right. That is now the perturbed shape. Okay. And then, so that will be your buckling load. Mm -hmm. And then you can add to that to continue that buckling load. With, Nonlinearities and that's a nonlinear static structure with plasticity and large deformation right. turned on. Right. right. So at that point, okay, now you've hit that load. Mm -hmm. It's buckled a little bit. Mm -hmm. What happens afterwards? Right. And one of my problems is I, 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 wrong or right, when I think of buckling, I always think of just a basically a column buckling, and so there's really nothing to know in that case. But mm -hmm. if you have a more complicated structure, whereas it buckles, the load gets distributed out to other members. Right. Now you want to kind of know. Uh, what happens after that first buckle happens? Does it keep going or does it get the load get distributed and right. you're surviving? Does, is it going to collapse all the way mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. does it just kind of perturb a little bit and, and get stiffer and hold the load there? 
So, which makes me think one of the reasons why we decided to cover this topic. And uh, before I get into that, let me point out the fact that that the there are pictures in the article online and in, in our focus. If you go to www.padtinc.com/blog, and just just uh, search on the right there for eigenvalue buckling, you'll find the article. Look for Joe Woodward. It's one of his more recent articles. You'll find it. So you can see kind of what we're talking about. But one of the reasons why I think this is more important than it used to be is because of 3D printing and topological optimization. So we're seeing a lot of these crazy structures that people are coming up with, with these kind of skinny members, kind of columns that look kind of crazy, right? And, and I don't think people are doing enough buckling analysis on them. They're, they're optimizing them to come up with these shapes, shapes to save weight, but we need to look at the buckling. And because of the way they're shaped, we need to not just look at the first buckling, but then we need to do this post-buckling analysis to see does it keep going or, right. okay, that one member is going to bend and then the load's going to get distributed over three other members and I'm fine. Right. Um, so, you know, definitely take a look at this. If you're doing topological optimization, you get end up with those skinny looking structures. If you haven't done buckling in a while because you're not building antenna towers or uh, bridges, <laughs> then maybe you should take a look at it because um, that compressible, I I'll be honest with you, and I've said this to other people, I see some of these things that people come up with with topological optimization and it scares the heck out of me because it looks like a buckling nightmare, right? Uh, as well as a natural frequency nightmare. Um, that's something everybody should be doing already anyway is running, find out that the natural frequencies aren't getting excited. But what if you put a compressive load on this thing? Right. Uh, what's going to happen? Now, one thing that uh, also causes a little confusion is that people do a modal analysis, mm -hmm. get those natural frequencies, and look at you know the first mode shape, and then okay, well, what if it perturbs in that shape? Mm -hmm. Now, how does that affect the buckling? Well, you don't want to use the mode shapes from a modal analysis. The the mode shapes from a modal analysis are different than the shapes you get from an eigenvalue buckling. Right. And that's the, the other point that I make in the article. It's how you constrain it, right? That's the biggest driver? Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, and in the article, there's a GIF that kind of shows, flips back and forth between the first mm -hmm. eigen mode right. and the first modal mode. Um, and you can see that it's slightly different. The loads come out a little different. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're looking for your, your buckling mode, you want to run an eigenvalue buckling and then go into your post buckling from right. there. Right, definitely got it. And it's almost always the first mode, right? In the eigenvalue right. buckling. Right. It's, it's almost, I can't think of any situation where it wouldn't be, but there's probably one or two. So right. you can just look at that first eigenvalue and, and figure it out and uh, get that divide by zero, which is what's, right. <laughs> what's basically right. going on. And uh, it tells you that it's no longer stable and it's going to fail. Um, what's a good... So one of the problems I think we face is we may have studied eigenvalue buckling for you and I many years ago, even for new, newer engineers. Where it's a good resource, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here because I didn't ask you this question before you came, but if, if, if you got a call from somebody for tech support and said, how do I learn about eigenvalue buckling? What's a good place to go? Is the theory manual good? Is it... uh, yeah, the theory manual, the ANSYS manuals are actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, your... your uh... Oh, your structures and dynamics books from mm -hmm. college. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have Alex Christian here at, at <laughs> We um, always go to for these things. Right, right. If I have questions, that's, that's my first resource. He writes up the equations and shows where it gets that divide by zero. Right. right. Yeah. No, I, I, I'd i have to – it's one of those areas of mechanics that uh, 
we don't use if we don't use it often enough i think we forget so it's worth looking it up you don't just don't just push right. the buttons right. don't look at the theory manual google there's probably I, I haven't done it in a long time but there's probably some good articles out there if you google okay. it uh, where people explain it um, don't don't just treat it as a it's a highly nonlinear buckling in and of itself is a highly nonlinear behavior and eigenvalue is just this cool mathematical way to get to the solution faster right. and more efficiently but you got to understand how it's working so you use it properly um, along those lines, how, how often do we do the non-eigenvalue buckling, the 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 uh, where we actually you know increase the load until it diverges? Yeah, the full, the the full, full post buckling. Yeah. Um, well, usually you'll do an eigenvalue first, first to get that mode shape. shape. Okay. Um, so that it's not because if you just start loading up a column, yeah, it'll just diverge and but, yeah, and you'll never get it. Yeah. Um, so you need that perturbed shape to get going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I get there from there. Yeah. Good. So and the, there may be a case where you might have a mode shape that um, the the buckling shape is has a lower load factor to one side. Yeah. So maybe you want to perturb it a little bit to the other side so that now it's a little more stable. Mm -hmm. Good. That's a good point. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to play with. Um, if you're one of the things that, that he did in this article is he worked with some fairly simple geometry and so if you're new to buckling or this stuff you need to get your head around this stuff because it's been a while I re really recommend working with a simple model like Joe did in the in the example just a simple column I think is what you just used and, right, right. and you know get your head around it before you put in your 12 million element uh, uh, aircraft landing structure right. um, to see whether it's going to survive or not um, start with a beam or a column in this case make sure you get your head around it make sure you get the way all the different it's really kind of cool how in the project page you can hook together all these different modules uh and 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 transfer loads and geometries and things like that yeah it's much easier than it used to be with, yeah. with classic you'd have to up cord and oh, that's right i forgot about that change yes. the mesh and yeah. all this and that's where that connection from the solution branch mm -hmm. of the eigenvalue buckling to a static structural model mm -hmm. cell does all that for you the upcord command was a command, still is a command that goes and says, take my deflection from my previous load step and, and distort my model as a starting point for this new analysis. Right. And it's doing that for you now when you connect them together and you right. set it in the details page to, to what that factor is, correct? Right. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, don't be afraid of, of buckling, understand it. Um, and, and get your head around what's really going on underneath the, uh, um, uh, under the hood. So, um, you know, look at the plots, watch it, make some graphs, take a look at this article. It's got some good examples of all that. Anything else you want to add about this particular article or buckling in general? I, well, I just say if, if you do start off and you're playing with it, maybe start with a little column and then make, mm -hmm. you know, a, a kind of a triangular three column. Oh, good idea. Piece where as it buckles in the first, the first column buckles, it distributes a load and you can see that distribution. That's a really good point because if you do this column, it's just going to go. It's right. going to keep going. So have something that that's got a kind of a structure that uh, takes up the load after the first right. first member uh, distorts. Good idea. Very good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. And and as always, if you're our uh, if you're if PADT is your customer, or you're, if you're our customer, and PAD, I guess yeah. 
there's probably some marketing hype I could throw into that. But if you get your support from PADT, definitely feel free to reach out and contact our team. This is the kind of question we love to answer and, and work with you on. And if you're not a PADT customer, you get to support somebody else, same thing. Um, use your support, ask these questions, uh, get out there on the internet and do a bit of research first. And then when you when you think you got your head as far as around it as far as it'll go, uh, call up and ask. Uh, I know. We prefer these kind of questions rather than licensing issues, so <laughs> it's a lot more fun to deal with than the fact that your IT guy closed the port on you, <laughs> which is the answer 90% of the time. All right, well, thanks, Joe, for your time. Uh, I know you got some other articles coming along, so hopefully we'll cover those in the future, right. and uh, we'll see you next time we chat. All right, thank you. Thanks. So welcome back. Thanks for listening. Uh, do check out that article that... Uh, that he wrote that has a lot more details and it's got pictures so it helps you kind of understand what we were talking about. And if you go to www.padtinc.com slash blog and search for either Buckling or Woodward, W-O-O-D-W-A-R-D, that's Joe's last name. That's the best way to find it actually. Uh, and take a look and uh, hopefully you'll get something out of it. Uh, I it refreshed my mind on a lot of things I haven't thought about in a while. And Buckling is an important part of our structural analysis world that we, uh, we probably don't pay enough attention to. Uh, let's take a commercial break, and then we'll talk about news and events. On these podcasts, we have a lot of fun talking about, well, all things ANSYS. From new features to reminiscing about the good old days of batch input files, only a few listens will convey the fact that we really are passionate about this set of software tools. Did you know that you can have that passion and experience at your service to help you purchase and use tools from ANSYS? PADT is an ANSYS Elite Channel Partner, and if you live in the southwestern United States, you can purchase your licenses and get your support from the people on this podcast. As you can tell by listening, we not only know the tools, we know how they are applied by users in real-world situations to drive product development. Get more value from your ANSYS investment by working with PADT to manage and enhance that investment. If you are located in Southern California, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, or Texas, and you are interested in exploring ANSYS as your simulation solution, adding to your existing ANSYS products, or simply getting support from the experts who go the extra mile to make you productive, contact PADT at 480-813-4884 or send an email to sales at padtinc.com. We are here to make sure you get the most of your investment in the fantastic suite of tools from ANSYS Inc. And don't worry, even though the email says sales at padtinc.com, our sales experience is just like the podcast, knowledgeable and interactive with some fun sprinkled in. Give us a call or send us an email. And thank you for listening to our little commercials. Now, back to our podcast. So, like I said, this is going to be a short podcast because we're done with events. We, we do have a, a webinar tomorrow, but this podcast will come out after the webinar. Uh, it's on using the additive print suite in ANSYS. You can definitely listen to the recording if you go to Bright Talk and search for PADT. It'll be in there. Um, and uh, do check that out if you didn't attend it live. It's a, it should be a good discussion. Uh, but that's it. We're done for the rest of the year. Um, <clears throat> other events that are not ANSYS related through the end of the year, I'll be at the uh, YesPHX Winter Social, which is our local, uh, rather large startup group here. There'll be about two to three hundred of your my best friends in the startup world uh, will be there. It's always a great, fun uh, social event. 
Um, and so if you're in the startup community or somehow interested in the startup community, do check that out. Just go to the hashtag YesPHX uh, website and you can learn more about it. That's on the 6th of December up in Scottsdale. Um, and then down in Old Tucson, in Tucson, not in Old Tucson, but in Tucson, <clears throat> we're holding our second annual Tucson Customer Appreciation Event. Uh, we're down, downtown in the Old Pueblo there on December 19th. So if you're a PAT customer in Tucson, or if you're going to be in Tucson for any reason whatsoever on the 19th, uh, do, do stop by uh, RSVP so we know how many people are coming. That's just a happy hour. Uh, it's a chance for everybody to just relax and get to know each other across companies and uh, socialize a little bit outside of work. Um, do check it out at www.patinc.com events. And uh, we hope to see you there if you're from Tucson. Uh, there's no news in the ANSYS world. I just checked. They haven't added anything. Uh, we've got nothing to share here at PADT. Um, I'll take this time, though, to note that we're still looking for electromagnetic engineers. I think we're gonna, we've are gonna we got one uh, we're going to make an offer to, but we need more. Um, so if you're a high-frequency or low-frequency electromagnetics person or know somebody that is an electromagnetics person that is interested in a career with PADT, Dosely doing um, application engineering and technical support and consulting around the ANSYS, uh, Maxwell, SI Wave, HFSS, that whole family of products. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and see if you'd be a good fit for our team. You can learn about all of our job offerings, although those are the only ones we have open right now, at www.padtinc.com. And then there's a careers tab at the top. Just click on that. You'll see everything listed and what to do if you'd like to apply. Um, other than that, we got nothing to report. There's nothing new in ANSYS Advantage. Uh, neither PADT or ANSYS have added anything to our blog since the last time I recorded this. So <clears throat> I guess everybody had a good Thanksgiving, took some time off. So that's good. So let's just wrap it up. Let you, everybody get back to whatever it is they're doing. Uh, hope you found this useful. It was short and sweet. Um, look for our end of year podcast, which may be actually multiple. It, it usually goes long, so we may break it up over multiple podcasts where we're going to talk about uh, what happened in 2018 in the ANSYS world, and we're going to make predictions on 2019. Um, and then don't forget to subscribe also to our email at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in and register for things there. And we'll see you in maybe two to four weeks um, where we're going to talk about 2018-2019. Uh, and don't, don't ever hesitate to reach out. That's podcast at padtinc.com. And um, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 26. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.